recording. Okay. We're recording. I'm going to open my drink. Ah! Hello and welcome to the Omcast. My name is Dom. As one half of the Omcast, I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello. In this episode, we're talking about Colour Out of Space, directed by Richard Stanley and starring Nicolas Cage. We're also going to talk about another version of the film made in 2010 by a lot of people who have unpronounceable <laughs> names. I'm not. It's not. I'm going to be honest. I haven't even looked into that one. No, I watched it, but I was just. It's, like... a, it's a German, um, very much an independent movie, um, like a student film almost. But we kind of stumbled upon it when looking for this version. So, Color Out of Space, this new version that's just come out with Nicolas Cage. Um, is a new modern updated take on a old H.P. Lovecraft story, um, but we knew that it'd been released and it's now out on Amazon. It's not free on Amazon. We you have to rent it. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't. It's not like an Amazon original in that sense, but it has been released on video on demand rather than going to cinemas. So um, it was released at cinemas, was it? but it was on a very very limited yeah. screening. Okay. I was going to go and see it at the showcase cinema. So right. where I live, there's three cinemas within a mile and only one of them was showing it mm. and only one of them was showing it on one day on a Sunday afternoon at three o'clock. Yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't make that one screening Yeah, because I was doing something else. And when was this? Uh, early March. Okay. So just before the end. So time. just it before. Was, would have been the last one of the yeah, last Yeah, before the four times. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's what it is. So... How to describe what this film is? It, it's like I say, it's based on an H.P. Lovecraft um, story, mm. um, which, as we've sort of stumbled upon, has also been adapted before. Although the other film version of it was very much a like student film, really. It's not. Yeah. Really, it's barely even a, a, a um, professional production, but it is a movie that is an adaptation of the same H.P. Lovecraft story. That film is very much more a straight adaptation of the book, mm-hmm. whereas the Nick Cage new version is an updated version. It's yes. set in modern day as opposed to being set back in the... When did the original set? It's like in the... The original set in the 1920s. 20s, yeah. Um, and yeah, so... but The story is... <laughs> what's the story? The story is a meteorite crash lands in a family's garden... Um, it has a weird colour about it. The colour makes things go weird. <laughs> yeah. um, like so it it's basically <laughs> basically there's a there's there's yeah, there's an asteroid that crash lands on their property mm. and it has weird effects on everybody in the family. Yeah, not only if it affects the family, it affects the like the the soil and the surrounding mm. area and not like the plant life, the wildlife, everything. Yeah. In a bit of a weird way, so similar to something like um, Annihilation, it reminded me of a little bit. Yeah, so Annihilation um, is very, very much, um, very, very much owes a lot to a colour app space. Yeah. In the way that, um, like the, the book especially, you read that as well. Yeah. Um, I read that, I've read The Colour and Space, I read quite a lot of Lovecraft, which we'll probably get into in a bit. Yeah, you sat there with the giant copy with the neck and roll film right <laughs> next to you and it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, terrifying. And it's um, yeah. So annihilation owes a lot to this in the way that it's an asteroid lands 
and weird shit starts to happen. Yeah. There's weird colours, there's weird things that happen and it's like it owes a lot yeah. to this. Yeah. Um so I mean getting into what we thought about the film then. Yeah. So what did you think about that? So let's just talk about the Nick Cage one to start with. We'll talk about the other one maybe later on. But the Nick Cage film, what did you think? Because uh, you were clearly anticipating it. You wanted to go to the cinema to see it, which is way more on your radar than it was for me. I wasn't even aware this was a thing. Yeah. As, an H- as a Lovecraft fan, you were aware of this. You wanted to go and see it. Now that you have finally got around to seeing it, were you disappointed? Were you, did it meet your expectations? Uh, a bit of both. Right. So... There's a part of me that really enjoys this sort of niche that Nicolas Cage has <laughs> in like his rage performance, hyper acting that he does. Yeah. Like it's it's very entertaining. Yeah. And in this, it's quite entertaining. Yeah. Like it's not as good as something as mandy for example yeah but mandy is is very different i'm going to compare this a lot to mandy in the way that this works because both films are very visually striking Mm. they deal with sort of these weird things that are occurring like this hyper realism but not and yeah and there's this abstract things that happen within it and that you can't not compare it but as an adaptation of the story i think it falls a bit flat i think it takes the interpretation too literally Mm. and i think that's where a lot of lovecraft things happen yeah um because people are too caught up in the tentacles and cthulhu exactly rather than the baseless fear and just terror or existential dread that occurs in any sort of of his literature yeah um yeah, I think that that kind of hits the nail on the head for me a little bit. I feel like this one, particularly like sort of the back end of it, because the, the idea like originally is this, this creepy thing whereby it's like said it's a color that drives people mad. That's how yeah. you put, pitched it to me. Is that a color drives you mad? And is it in the same way that we talked earlier? You know, when we talked about um, underwater, one of the things with Cthulhu, the idea is that if you were to gaze upon the face of Cthulhu, you go mad yeah and then that because that's what my understanding again my very limited understanding of lovecraft is that it's all about the nature of like man how close man is to madness and what can drive mm-hmm. people men insane and that like that existential horror of what can go on in your own brain that's interesting and they hint at a little bit of that in this mm-hmm. and then the back end of it all the you know the third act they just go nah tentacle monsters and shit yeah, tentacles, and tentacles glowing, and horrible, and it's like horrible, and it reminds me of the thing, yeah, like the ridiculous, like the monsters and stuff they come up with, and like, and you can see they've done some practical ones as well. It's not all CG, and that's fine, but you started off doing something else, which I thought was more interesting. Yeah, like they're, they're one of the more horrific, like one of the first horrific scenes of the whole film mm. involves um, someone using a chopping board. I yeah. won't say what, but that's the kind of thing I was expecting. I was expecting these weird, creepy little as people slightly start to go insane. And again, that's another thing that you get both in the in the book from what I've read and also the um the original uh the the film, the the other version of the film, is that it's like the family going insane and the family going insane together. Yeah. And the idea that if you are like you everyone feeds each other's madness and from the outsider's perspective, like how does the rest of the people in the town see them? 
we don't get any of that in this. It's just no. entirely insular on this one family. And it's like, that would have been interesting for them to like, like they go into town and do something and like, they don't think there's anything wrong with it. But everyone else is like, what the fuck is the matter with you? But they're just locked in. There. And I thought that would have been, obviously there's no way they could have known what would have happened. But that would have made it a lot more relevant now because a lot of people are locked in with their families and yeah. not seeing any other people other than their families and yeah. going slightly insane. Yeah. And so I and that's, like that kind of like... That you cabin kind, fever, yeah. like that's interesting. If they'd have dialed this back a bit rather than gone super crazy yeah. neon mad. Yeah. Because there are parts, there are parts in the book where as what happens in this, there's this yeah so much of this film is taken really literally mm. and like the book they describe it as um like smoke on a summer's morning yeah like when you open the window when you first open the window in the morning and it's cold outside and it's warm inside and that visual sensation that you see with like yeah. a waving uh, but it's and it's all these things that are just on the the very fringe of your perception and well, like, yeah, it's, they, like this is they're saying about like it's got a color and it's got a taste and it's mm. got a smell and it's got a feeling it's like a heat shimmer that kind of thing yeah it's something that you can't quite you can't quite quantify it. you can't grab it but it's the thing there and it's, it's yeah. coming off as a result of something else that's there and in yeah. this case it's yeah it's the meteorite it's what's in the well which mm-hmm. again comes straight from the source material and i like, always sort of saw it as you know when you get like petrol or diesel yeah. in water yes yeah. and you get that sort of rainbow effect yeah but i always sort of had that as more like it was just like an overt thing in the background like if you were to look at it you wouldn't see it yeah but any time in your periphery it's, the corner of your it's eye. there yeah yeah and it's affecting everything and you're yeah. like i know it's affecting the fruit i know it's affecting the animals yeah but in this what they do with the animals here is a lot more grotesque as yeah. what they do in the book yeah it's just it's just gross out like oh my god that's disgusting they don't pull any punches mm. i'll give them but that. it's interesting your your comparison to um the thing mm. so the thing is is a lovecraft story all oh, right okay so it's called See, it from the mountains that. of madness yeah or in the mouth of madness well i can't remember which way around mm. it is but it's essentially that they go to antarctica to investigate what's happened and they come across these like extra cosmic mm. presence and they're pursued by it yeah. and it's what happens whilst they're there and it's so it's like they're extraterrestrial but not aliens so they're not from earth but they're also not from around here sort of mm. thing he's not from around here yeah. yeah and they're like so that's the thing that you get with this with again with this is it's it's alien yeah like the, but it's it, it's a meteor. It's not. It's none of this extra dimensional terror. It's not this cosmic presence. No. But that's like, and you get that. Like you get the feeling that they've sort of misunderstood. Or well, it's not that they've misunderstood it. It's because the thing with the short story is that it's a short story. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a one little and it's one little concept. Like you say, ball down into its its most pure thoughts it is just a color comes from outer space drives you mad. They've taken that and they've made a new interpretation, done their own thing with it, which is fine. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. But like, I feel like in making it a horror, like you can tell they haven't quite, it's not quite there because of the way, like even you read the synopsis yeah. on it and it goes, Nicholas Cage and his family battle an interdimensional being from outer space. Mm. And like, 
Okay, that's that's not what the book was. No. There's no being. There's no thing. There's no. not an actual. It's not an actual monster that comes down. No. It's just like you said. It's like this insidious mm. infection. Well, it's thing. a presence. It's a, like I say, it's a presence. But they make it much more physical in this. Mm-hmm. In this, it's like it's something that mutates things and turns things evil, and then yeah. you have to fight it with a shotgun. Uh, exactly, and that's the thing. Yeah. When they start pulling out shotguns, and yeah, they're but like, I feel like again, this one, like it's they they sort of cast their ballot and they put their you know, they laid they lay their table out when they cast Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that was it. Like the, the my, that's another sort of issue I have with it because I love Nicolas Cage. I think he's mental and he's and he's amazing to watch. And he's brilliant, mm-hmm. but he's got a bit of a problem in him, and it's a similar problem that I've said before when we talked about The Shining. Yeah, in that you can't if you cast Nicolas Cage, you can't then like have him be a mild mannered dad and then slowly turn insane because that that he's not you're not he doesn't anyone. have that no you're not who are you kidding and it's <laughs> the same thing and it's the same thing with Jack Torrance and and um uh, Jack Nicholson Jack Nicholson in The Shining he, he turns I was like clearly this man's insane already like <laughs> immediately from from his like his interview and it's the same with this like so when like when he's been at the beginning of the movie he's like oh I cooked you all dinner everybody loves duck I'm like you're a fucking insane person there's something wrong with you yeah. And then it, what it means is, like, when you get, like, in the middle of the movie, I'm, like, and he's, like, kicking off at his kids and freaking out in a very Nicolas Cage way. very strange Okay? Way. All right, my baby. I'll get the fuck out of your face. Okay? Like, that. like what the? These are very odd choices. I like, I but, really enjoy the way, way that Nicolas Cage uses O's in his wording. Yeah. Because he doesn't just, he won't say, like, word. Yeah. It'll be Word. Word. It's like everything with an O is really over enunciated, which I love, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, it's like the weird Canadianism, but it's but like, um, just, my favorite thing that he does. Yeah, I, he does this weird voice, and just but like that's what I mean because he's Nicolas Cage, and because he's always I, he's clearly unhinged from the very beginning, and he says weird things all the time. I don't know, like in the middle of the movie, I don't know whether it's he's being affected by the alien parasite thing, like everyone else is, or he's just nuts. Yeah, I don't know where the line is with him. Whereas with the other characters and like and or anything else that happens, you go, you can chalk it up, you can say what's you know. But like, um, yeah, he just he says odd things to, and like you just go, this guy ain't right. Like I just remember like right at the very beginning of the movie, like they they call everyone out to sort of say like the the police and the local authorities to come out and yeah. say yeah, this has been here. And he turns and he's talking to the mayor of the town, and he says. Oh yeah, so me and my wife were in bed. Uh, it was the first time we were, you know, since the operation. I'm yeah. Like, what the? Why are you telling that person that? How is that relevant? <laughs> what a weird thing to do? Like you're clearly not okay, are you? And that's before the alien shit starts happening. So yeah. I'm like, it's not. There's no stakes here because you're already nuts. Like, no. Yeah. Start normal and then get nuts. Like that's more compelling. Like I would love to see a version of this. And I know I say it all the time, and it's one that I—it's probably really TV boring. series. No, 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 not even that. I would love to see a version of this, but replace Nicolas Cage with Brian Cranston. Okay. Yeah, because he can do the milk toast. Like that's exactly what Breaking Bad was. He started out the milk toast thing. He's very boring dad. He will fucking nail that, and then watch him slowly over the course of a movie. Yeah. Turn. Whereas with Nicolas Cage, it's like, well, we all know where this is going. 
Yeah. You're fucking nuts. But also, so, like, I think that's part of it. Like, you're going in and you're waiting for it to happen. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's part of it now is that he's got the Nicolas Cage effect. Yeah. That he's become his own thing within these films. Yeah. I think this film suffers a bit from it. Yeah, But definitely. also, I think that he adds a lot more to it. He does, yeah. So if you're it's going true. in watch, wanting to watch a mad Nicolas Cage film, that's what you're kind of going to yeah, get. He, he he like he, but he can do better he because he drags down and pushes up everything he's in on that in that yeah. regard and that he drags it down in that people will pigeonhole it and go oh it's another Nicolas Cage being mental movie and never watch it or it'll be you and me going oh it's a Nicolas Cage being mental movie let's watch yeah. it but like with this source material and stuff I feel like you can make a, a, a better movie if you weren't if you didn't do the stunt casting and we're going to get Nicolas Cage in this yeah, and just film him but like there are certain scenes in this like the bit where he goes off his door in the middle which is nuts and then there's a bit where he goes to the car um, where I just feel like they just pointed a camera at him and just let him <laughs> and just let him go just like, crack on son so, uh, Nick's in a mood today <laughs> just like when Nick, he's, Nick's doing like the, his own the thing the bit where he's, he's watching his news report back on TV and he's getting more and more irate he's like oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ why couldn't anyone have got me a comb oh my god and then he's just talking about oh yeah no I do I do like a drink uh, I, I like bourbon it's from Texas and like what the fuck are you talking about What's just like matter? some sort of weird idiot and then he, and then dad he just, and then he just comes really up focus. underneath like the, the bar at the bottom which is the um, whiskey con- your bourbon connoisseur yeah. I was like yeah UFO um, witness and it's like I never call a UFO you call a UFO God God <laughs> and it is it's, I don't know it's this weird throw up of like small town America because they're talking about like how the mayor is like really ignorant yeah, and she just wants the. And she reservoir. just wants the reservoir. There's to a happen. reservoir. Like, yeah, there's another subplot going on where there's this reservoir of the, the sort of point of view character, if you like, who's meant to be telling the story, um, is this guy who's come to do the water survey. It's like again, a yeah, survey again. That's from the book. From the book. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and that's yeah, an interesting idea. Don't really do much with it. There's a couple of like threads that they don't just don't do much with. Like, I don't. The daughter again is another major point of view character. They make a point of showing that she's like not Wiccan, like Alexandra, and she's some sort of witch. Yeah. Who does all these like, and she, like, the film starts with her making some sort of big declaration. She's doing a ritual. She's doing a ritual. And then later on in the movie, again, she goes and does a ritual and like self mutilates and cuts into herself. And I'm like, okay, she's into all that shit. So what? Like, it doesn't add anything Mm -hmm. other than just adding an extra layer of creepiness and then the body mutilation which is just horrible to look at obviously yeah but it doesn't what she's into and that if they were then to go oh yeah this has got something to do with the occult and her shit that she's into yeah that would make sense but it's not that it's no alien it's something entirely different and her being into that makes no difference that has no bearing on the film whatsoever so no. why like- yeah <laughs> but then there's a lot of things that are like really wasted yeah. in this yeah and there are things that can be done like this could be a really, really sort of bizarre, like Vast of Night style, yeah. like a bit out there, but a bit at the same time. Like if you made a literal interpretation of that story in a modern day without dragging it and without making every scene 45 seconds longer than it needs to be, looking at you, German version, um you could do something really sort of like, again, like existential terror. Yeah. Like you don't know what's happening. You're like, what? what? Because in the book, like you're reading the book and you're like, all these scientists turn up. Yeah. 
to talk about the like to pick up the meteor and they're like oh what's going on with this and what's going on with that I mean, and then they're like everything. it's we, still hot it feels yeah. like plastic yeah we, we we poured every kind of acid on it and we just yeah. can't it's the idea it just the, won't react to anything except for glass but it's like is the distillation of the fear of the unknown and and like and it's in, in the age of science, the fear of the unknown, and like right, something that we cannot quantify in any way, yeah, is inherently terrifying. And that the idea that that gets in your head, and then a family living with it, the family getting ostracised from the rest of the the the, yeah. the wider town, like again, that's all really interesting stuff. But they didn't do any of that in this. No, they didn't. Um, they just showed the weird, spooky. They did the weird, spooky stuff. They kept it entirely contained within the family itself. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. You could do and a bottle well, episode yeah. of type thing where it's uh, just honestly the it. book does the same thing. Like the book pretty much keeps it in the family. They just talk about because it's the wider town. Like yeah, they yeah. talk at this prospector turns up and ends up talking to a guy called Ami. Mm. Um and he explains the story and Ami's like the only person that's been interacting with that. And what they've done here is they've used him as the point of view character, but they've kind of combined Ami with the surveyor. Yeah. So, like, the infamous line at the end where he's talking about, but I won't drink the water. Mm. Um, and you're like, oh, okay. But then that leads some for, sort of fear into it as well. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, shit, this has happened now. Yeah, yeah. Because, that, again, that's where I thought they were going with the fact that, because they kept doing all these allusions to that, oh, they're drinking the water. You see it in the ice cubes that he's using in his drink and all that kind of stuff. And then you also know that the guy who's come here is... A hydrologist or hydrologist yeah yeah they keep using that word over and over again they make a point of saying that's who he is that's what his yeah. job title is it's as if it's like the first time that, that somebody's found that word and just yeah exactly yeah. it's trying to say it 10 times in a day so yeah, it's, like, it's like the vernacular when, it's like when trump learns a new word and he has to just keep saying it every press conference yeah um cognition, cognition. this week <laughs> um there's going to be some kind of reservoir and everyone's going to drink the water and this is how the world ends um but they don't really get to no. that they never really capitalise on that idea like it would have been like that the horrific like ending scene I was already picturing it in my head of like just people from the town or people like a, a new bottled water plant opens up and they're bottling all this water <laughs> fresh from the spring and it all just gets and then it ships out and then like you know Stan Lee's in his kitchen and just takes a sip out of it oh wow yeah and then drops it and then he becomes yeah like that kind of thing yeah and so the, and it could have been done in many ways but also uh oh gonna spoil almost spoil the ending then no yeah but the, we can get into spoilers i think we do need to talk about spoilers yeah I do there's think one we thing should... we're burying the lead on big time yeah that happens sort of two-thirds of the way in yeah that so i fucked. think basically at this point i want to say i had fun with this film yeah i'm quite i was a bit disappointed yeah i thought it was going to be a lot better having seen mandy mm. for example um it's not anywhere near as good as no. that. Mandy's this bizarre epic poem mm. of blood, guts, heavy metal and violence, viscera, but also like beautifully poetic at the same time <laughs> in the way that like it portrays certain things and does things and uh, how it leads around this like chaotic nightmare. Whereas this is just chaos yeah. on film. It doesn't have any sort of... I don't know. Like there are parts of this. Like when they say about earlier on, like one of the lines that I picked up on that I thought back to was when he's talking about the duck, and he's like, "Oh, it's this beautiful melange of duck and beef," 
And he's talking about how they've like stewed these two meats together. Yeah. So they've become this one. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, hey, this is foreshadowing. Like this is, that was foreshadowing. This is cool. Uh, but they do nothing with it. No. Like all, everything, it, everything feels surface, like they've yeah. got, yeah. Like, like you say, yeah. Surface level. Everything like, and again, another sort of thing that they hinted at, that's what I was going to say. So there's all these little things alluding to technology. Yeah. Like she, they, they have these really weird scenes with the wife who's like some sort of stock analyst yeah. person. And she goes, I need to get online. I am hemorrhaging clients. Get the dish sorted. And then like, like all the sun's freaking out and they're all, everything's worse. She goes, I don't know. I just know that I need to get online. Like yeah. randomly in the middle of a sentence. They then also have like Nick Cage spacing out in front of the TV, and there's some weird shit. Like, yeah, it, and it's sort of implied, and it's reflected in his glasses. So that's doing something. She's looking at a computer screen. The daughter's on the phone, and she hears weird shit coming through the phone. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is a good update of this story. The idea that it's electromagnetic is getting into the communications technology and infecting yeah. their minds through that. I inferred all that, but they never actually capitalize on any of it yeah because again that's like it could be a social commentary thing about how you know the use of technology and fucking media warps people's brains and all the rest of it and again it's a social commentary sci-fi version of that but that's exactly what good sci-fi should be yeah it's like you hinted at something there but you haven't gone any further with it and that is kind of like a little you know um crucible for the whole film Really, yeah, that's almost like a like a distillation of the whole thing. It's like it's it's an idea. You've got some good ideas here, but you haven't followed through on any of them, really. No, that's that's one of the things that like, there's a film, and it's and it really. I'm literally trying to look it up as we speak. Mm. Um, there's a film that I watched recently, which does that technology thing. Yeah, it does the thing where there is this sort of existential horror about. Um, tech oh it's black mirror no 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 it's 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 totally different it's it's not yeah what if you were your phone or something or whatever say again what if you were your phone or something like that what if your phone was your girlfriend what if your phone was evil what if your phone (laughs) ate your mum (laughs) what if what if your phone listened to you when you were talking to it and did things to you like cook your dinner uh i'm trying to find it i'm struggling like i don't know it's but basically uh oh it's called await further instructions okay so uh that is a film where there is some sort of threatening presence that is being communicated through the television Mm. and it's just it gives a series of instructions that about these people staying home Mm. and having being forced to stay in their home and follow the instructions that are being instructed to them in it the film's a bit guff in places, but it is one of those like quite original horror films. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty fucked really. And I thought, Oh, they're going a similar way to that. Cause in that film, it turns out that they were, they don't really give that much away, but it's like, uh, I don't know, like it's like technology is almost sentient, but it's, it's talking about the control that the media yeah, specifically, uh, has over people mm. and the pa- fact that certain people will blindly follow it and will you know commit atrocities against people they know and love mm. because they've been told to do so by the tv or yeah, because like some people they've been will... told on the news 
Yeah, so like some it, people won't wear a mask because certain other people won't wear masks and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. And it's just wear a fucking mask. <laughs> it's not that hard, is it? Um, and but yeah, and it's that it's that sort of level of stuff. And I thought this was going to do something interesting with that, but it, it didn't. didn't. No, it's just like that's another like. It's just it feels just scatterbrained. Like, mm-hmm. like again, like that scene I saw about earlier where she just randomly just halfway through the conversation goes, "I need to get online." Yeah, it's like again that sort of is a good summary of the whole film. It's like you've got all these different ideas and you don't you you don't know what to shoot for. It's just like you just got it mm-hmm. is a shotgun pellet fired from a long long yeah. distance. It's just like <laughs> yeah, and it's like well, well, and how how do we get Jolie Richardson to tell us that she needs to go back online? How can we do that in a convinced just just yell it, just yell it. Just fucking shout it. The kid's creepy. How do we communicate that? Give him some glasses that are like real, magnify his eyes. Yeah. That makes kids look creepy. Okay, what else can we do? Make him whistle. Kids whistling's creepy. <laughs> Anyone whistling's creepy. Like, we, we think the, the daughter needs to be a bit of a goth. What should we do? Make her a witch. Yeah. Does it mean anything? Nah. But like, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, There's so little of this that yeah. means anything. Like, I, want, I like the same with the, the son. The son's a stoner. I'm like, I kind of wanted him to be a bit like the cabin in the woods. Yeah. Guy. I, I thought like, that was going to be a I thing. It was going to be like, no, guys, seriously, something fucks going on. It's like, no, you're just high, man. I'm like, no, seriously, yeah. something fucks going on. No one believe the boy who cry wolf type yeah. thing with the stoner, which is a cool idea. But again, yeah, I don't know if maybe there's a director's cut because it's quite short as well. It's less than two hours. Yeah. Maybe a lot of this stuff got cut. I don't know. Well, well it's something that we're going to talk about in a bit. Mr. Richard Stanley. Richard Stanley, right. Yeah, so who is he? So Richard Stanley is a film director. This is the first proper film that he's directed since he made The Island of Dr. Moreau with Val Kilmer and... Oh, fuck, I've forgotten his name. Uh, Like Marlon Brando? Marlon Brando. Yeah, it was like the last film Marlon Brando made, wasn't it? Yeah. Fuck me, okay. It's the infamously mad film that... Richard Stanley was kicked off of. Yeah. Richard Stanley then proceeded to live in the jungle where they were continuing to make this film. There's a documentary about it called The Lost Soul and uh, it's on Amazon Prime. I was unaware of the fact that this was that, who that was. The way they talked about Richard, you know, Richard Stanley and put his name out, I thought he was like, maybe he was the same guy who directed Mandy or something or one of the, yeah. like, a new up and come out. I didn't realise he had, it was a guy with all this history. Okay, yep. that, that makes it interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I would employ you to go and watch that. Uh, I also really want to see that film. I've never been able to get hold of it, though. because it, it's Dr. Monroe? Yeah, the like, 94, 95 version with yeah. Val Kilmer and Brando. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's that guy. Okay. And this is allegedly his... Um, the first in a planned trilogy that he has. Okay. So, um, interesting of Lovecraftian films. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how quickly that doesn't happen because this film cost 30 million to make and made less than one. Well, I I don't know when this, like, what the original plan was for the release of this. Like, were they? Oh, this was made last year and put out last year in America. Oh, oh dear, yeah. The director of Mandy, by the way, is a guy called Panos Cosmatos. Right. It's the world's most fun name to say. That's pretty good. What about uh, Stacker Pentecost? Yeah, but that's fictional. Ah, boo. Yeah. 
Okay. But yeah. Anyway, anyway. so <laughs> let's quickly talk about the other German one. The other one. So we found, we, we stumbled upon another one. And I remember last week we did it. It was like live on air. We we're like, oh, there's another version of Color Out of Space. And you got really excited. And then you watched it. Then I watched it. And I was sad. It's I like I don't want to mean I don't want to be too mean about it because it's clearly like it's someone's like student film or whatever. It's like a very low budget or like no budget film. Yeah. But it's almost unwatchable. Yeah. Um, it fucking hurts because it's just there's no budget. The acting is awful. Um there's just some really dodgy like dubbing going on. There's like when it started off, like the first couple of scenes, it looks like it was someone making it like with a zoom background. Yeah. Like it looked like it was being like, do they make this during lockdown? And then I looked at it, oh, that no, came out in 2010. Oh, yeah. This is well before lockdown. But that was just because, like, they obviously they had a like a location to film in, and the early scenes of the movie they didn't have that, so they just literally just had, oh, hello, it's good to see you. And they're, they're, <laughs> like, they're, they're pretending a, these German guys are American, but they're in a library or something. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like. But it's clearly just a backdrop that you've put on there, digi- and it looks like like the cheapest version of fucking. Um, it's not good. No, and it's all in black and white. It's German. It's like the most up its own. Yeah, and it's just it's not, yeah, not very good. And it's almost, almost a literal interpretation of what happens yes, in the book. It is the one thing to be said about it is that it is much more of a faithful adaptation of the book than yeah. the Nicolas Cage film. But that again, doesn't necessarily mean it's good. No, <laughs> as I said before. 45 seconds of every minute of this film is wasted mm. in just people doing nothing or mumbling in German. Mumbling. And I get that they're mumbling in German because it's a German film. But if they were mumbling in English, I would say they're just mumbling. Yeah. But it's just mumble, mumble for 45 seconds and then 15 seconds of dialogue. Yeah. And then somebody goes, oh. And I, it does thing. It's like it's the best student film we've ever seen, sort of thing. Like, in terms I've of- seen better. <laughs> I did a media degree. I've seen far better. But just like I like like the visuals, like the fact that it's all in black and white, but then the, the color itself. Yeah, that's a cool idea. I, I saw yeah. it coming a mile away. That's obviously what they were always going to do, but that's a cool idea. Yeah. Um, and little things like that are implemented fairly well, I guess. Again, on the budget they're on, but. No, no, <laughs> just no. Um, but there's so again, it's just so much of a waste, and it's really boring. Yeah, it's really slow. There's no emotion to it because there's no delivery. No, everybody's just saying something like they're reading it just off camera. Yeah. Oh no, this bad thing's just happened to my family. Did you see that the trees, the trees are moving on their own? Ha <laughs> ha! That's so silly, middle child. Nobody thinks that that's true. No, but they do. Ha ha ha. No, that's silly. The whole village is laughing at you now. Yeah. That's the whole film. Yeah. Pretty that, much. That's the level of performances you're talking. Yeah. So in contrast to Nicolas Cage beating oh, the yeah. shit out of his car and and having a fight with some alpacas, okay? Alpacas. You've got to be gentle with the uh, boobs. That's a line from this film. <laughs> that's not Dom just being weird. 
That's literally a Honestly, line from this film. it's the creepiest thing when he says boobs. Like, he's, cause he's, I don't know. It's just it's delivery just of it. Because he like, he's talking about milking alpacas, which is fucking weird to begin I with. I don't know why this whole alpaca thing I, is in there. I knew do I. It's fucking odd. It's just, again, it's another thing that doesn't have any, like, like I want to see the director's commentary of this. Yeah. I, what's going on? Like, what the fuck's happening, man? Like, I get you're a bit weird, but... What the fuck? But just like, and again, like, even that to so the alpaca bit. So he's like milking the alpacas and like son, like he, he, he gets a good like bit of milk out of it. And he goes, good one, dad. And I'm like, he's not being sarcastic. He genuinely, and he's, and the son's got this weird reverence for his father in a, in a weird way. That's never really yeah, touched Never on. explained. He's like, and he's just like, dad, like he loves him. And he, just, and he thinks he's, everything's great. He's, but what? It's like, is dad being, does that seem like he's acting weird? I'm like, I don't fucking know because he's always been weird because yeah. you cast Nicolas Cage. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't cast Nicolas Cage and then uh, act us to uh, make us feel like we're meant to be creeped out when this guy starts acting weird. No, he's always going to be acting weird from the fucking first frame because mm-hmm. he's Nicolas Cage. You know what? You want a, the, a film that you're going to see full Mad Cage in, not Mandy because that's totally different. Kind of. It's called Mom and Dad. Yeah. And it's got Selma Blair in it as well. That was that was one of my just sort of weird offshoot films. I was I just decided to watch one day, yeah. and I was like, "Ah, oh. I mean, I don't regret it, but didn't really have much to say about it." Yeah. Other than Cage going full bonkers. Full. Oh my god, he's and full Cage. Somehow we're expected to believe that he's married to Selma Blair. He's like 25, 30 years younger than him. All the creep, there's the creepy, like one of the early things with this as well as like him getting all creepy with fucking Jody Richardson. Oh, yeah. And it's all like, oh dear, it's been so long. Do you think we should try it? You know, I've always been a leg man. Or if you cut your legs off, I'd carry you around in my, in my carry-on. Oh, God. Have you wherever I want. I'm like, oh, oh, you're a fucking freak. And again, before the meteorite turned up, <laughs> he was a fucking freak of nature. Like it doesn't work with Nicolas Cage. Make it a really boring cunt. Make it like yeah. a really make it a really like someone you never expect it of. And then suddenly what and watch him slowly turning nuts over yeah. the course of the film. That'll be interesting. Like, I'm trying to think of something. I still like would have liked to have seen like Stanley Kubrick make the shining with Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. Which is someone, yeah, you wouldn't. Need, I'm just trying. But to like, it's still like, like The Shining today. is like top five for me. Yeah, I mean, I, oh yeah, me too. Like, I, I've got that criticism of The Shining. It doesn't mean it's not an absolute masterpiece. It yeah. is. It's just the tension in that film isn't whether Jack's going to go insane because we know it it's just is. when. Because yeah, it's not a question of if it's when because you cast Jack Nicholson mm. and this is the exact same thing. Um, but I feel I don't know who you could put in there. Like my shout would be Brian Cranston. I would love to see Brian Cranston. Yes, yeah. but in the same in. It's the same kind of problem in that he we know that he go, can go from simple. Yeah, to, like, we've seen him do that before, so it is a bit sort of typecasting. I can't think so, someone really just. I tell you what, like Jason Bateman. Yeah, Jason Bateman, like really nice dad. Yeah, nice dad. Everything's cool, and then Ozark suddenly has kind of done a bit a bit like that. It's just sort of shown this Ozark, uh, good guy yeah. gone bad, sort yeah, exactly, of thing. but yeah. not in like a rage way, but in a in a different way. But again, like going back to the book, you look at the way that they describe in this case, Nathan mm. or Nahum in the book. Um, Nathan's sort of downfall is into just madness. Yeah. But 
cage madness where he's like screaming and babbling and like yeah. wide-eyed and sort of finger twirling yeah whereas in the book like he goes mad but he just can't comprehend things that like, there's a there's a specific section of the book which is in this that they say about where he's talking about it was in the water and it's this the madman babbling is in the water and then uh, he lives in the well now that's something that comes straight from the book as well One yeah of the sons who are oh, no he lives in the well now yeah, the colour, it burns. Yeah. Cold and wet, but it burns. It lived in the well, I've seen it. A kind of smoke, just like the flowers last spring. The well shone at night. Thad and Merwin and Zenus, everything alive, sucking the life out of everything in that stone. It must have come in that stone. It poisoned the whole place. Don't know what it wants. That round thing for them men from the college dug out in the stone. They smashed it. It was that same colour, just the same, like the flowers and plants. Must have been more of them seeds. Seeds, they growed. Seen it for the first time this week. Must have got strong on Zenus. He was a big boy, full of life. It beat down your mind and then gets you. Burns you up in the well of water. Like, that's mm. halfway. That's a madman's ramblings. Yeah. and But, but it's, still, it's it's a guy sat in a chair. But the thing with that is, though, like, it's, it follows a line because it's madman's ramblings, but there is a logic to it. Yeah. And there's a, there's a this happened, then this happened. Like, he talks about the men from the college came and they did this and then this happened. Like, there's still the causality and a, yeah. and the narrative almost to it, even though he's a madman babbling. It's like, it's interesting that, it, yeah, that's Lovecraft, I guess, is that he's mm. able to, to walk that line. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, interesting. Yeah. This is a bit of a um, missed opportunity in terms of an adaptation, not without its merits um, and interesting to watch just because the, fuck all out at the moment yeah it is something different to watch and if you want something that's a bit but slasher if, a bit monster a yeah, bit scary exactly. a bit weird be be prepared for some serious body horror because yeah. there's some like maybe we'll do a yeah. little spoiler tag about what we're talking about in a minute um but there's some seriously fucked up shit in this so if you yeah. don't like like body horror gun gucky i don't know how to describe yeah. it it's just it's ugh. it's it's a new level of like yeah. viscera within body horror yes yeah, um before we sort of go into the spoiler tag for anyone that does want to see a really 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 good example of like a Lovecraftian fiction um, that is not actually based on a Lovecraft story is a film called The Void mm. that's like an indie film yeah. that's really really great Okay, it's uh, again it's really low budget it's set in a hospital uh, but it's like the madness of all these things that are happening like extra dimensionally mm. so like there's a weird cult in it. There's weird body horror. There's things that happen. There's viscera. There's blood. There's gut. There's gore. There's fear. There's like this weird unknown that's going on. There are these external forces. That is a fucking brilliant version of a Lovecraft film. Yeah. The thing as well, a brilliant example of a yeah. Lovecraft film, except it's made it a little bit more standard alien fare. Yeah. The thing that the thing's a great example of taking some source material and doing your own thing with it. Yeah. Which is what they could have done with this if they just committed to one, mm-hmm. of the, one of these ideas they were aiming at whether it yeah. was the daughter with the witches or the technology stuff just pick one of those yeah. and do it yeah because part of what they part of the reason why this book is so effective or the story is so effective is because it's just a normal nice family and it's just the descent as yeah. to what happens to them it's tragic yeah it's tragic in so fact that it was just chaos chose them like it just happened to happen there and what's what what did it? We don't know. 
Why has it happened? We don't know. Why did it choose us? We don't know. Like none of this matters. It's, it's the fact that it's it has happened to them. It make, makes it all the sadder. Yeah. And the lessons that the family have to learn and the things that happen as they go through. And when you fear, when you hit, like when Amy describes certain things that happen towards the end of the book as he did what needed to be done and if he didn't do that it's something that would have damned him yeah it's something like it, no, yeah exactly it's like it, I remember that getting to that point as like to not do something would have been horrific to, yeah to have walked out of that place and not done something and again the, yeah we, we're talking around it and we'll get to it after the post credits actually because I know what, what it is we're referring to but yeah it's fucked up yeah but yeah, go and go and watch the void if you want to see an amazing uh, example of Lovecraftian fiction, uh, or watch this if you want to see Nick Cage and Jolie Richardson and Madeline Arthur, and Brendan Meyer, and whoever the other person is because they're not on screen at the moment, being a bit mad and being beaten up by a colour. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's that's this one, is, uh, guys. So thanks for listening. Um, not sure what the next one's going to be. There's a few bits and pieces rattling around we can get to. Um, Should watch that documentary. Yeah. Um, we're also getting the opportunity now. The cinemas are open. They are. So Ish. Ish. They're, well, the cinemas are open in the UK. Um, and what they're doing at the moment is they're going back and playing loads of old classic movies. Yeah. Which is a great opportunity for us to go and see some stuff at the cinemas. Sometimes I haven't seen since I was a child some things I've never seen at the cinema. Um, but that might. I saw Jurassic Park and I cried. Yeah. So Jurassic Park. Um, but there are other things coming out, and what it might be cool to do is to cover some of them. Um, yeah, it's a good in, idea. in the interim, given that we're going to be going and seeing them anyway. Yeah. Um, and it gives us an opportunity to go back and cover some stuff. I won't spoil just yet what they are no. because we'll see how the weeks <laughs> plan out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's we'll we'll keep these coming out. Um, we might it might just be it might seem random, but there is a reason why we cover what we cover. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. If you've got any other suggestions or things you've seen, let us know. Uh, you can get us at theomcastpod at gmail dot com. You can get us on Facebook, Facebook Instagram, Instagram, Twitter. all those places. You can just search for the Omcast and you'll find us. Um, let us know. Yeah. What you think of this or anything else, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Spoilers. 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 So there's a really fucked up bit where, like, this, like, they mer- they melt the mum and the youngest son <laughs> into one another yeah and they become like fused to each other's backs and it's the most fucked up like horrific horrific in the true sense of the word horrific yeah thing that i've ever seen and it's fucked and it's horrible and it's like but like it's done really well in terms of like the, the effect of how it looks and like the the way the color is like there behind their eyes and the, the sort of mix of practical and cg it looks amazing Fucking horrible to look at. Horrible, <laughs> horrible to listen to because they've just got this whole thing where they're just moaning and like they're in just absolute agony and yeah. just shaking and just it's horrible. They, it's horrible. They've left. They put them up in the attic. They said, "Let's take them. Let's take them up here. Let's move them over." And just like fuck. And the way they talk, and like <laughs> that unintentionally funny. Like at one point when she the, the daughter just goes, "Do you want me to get you a glass of water?" It's like, "Oh yeah, that'll 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 fix it." Yeah. 
Um, and then, of course, that leads to the thing we were kind of alluding to earlier, which is that... The seven, had, seven-headed alpaca. That wasn't even what I was thinking about. Before. Oh, really? The seven, I was thinking about the fact that he then goes, I'll take care of them. Uh, that yeah. whole thing. But that it comes after the alpaca. Is that yeah. what? Like you took care of the alpacas? Yeah. <laughs> That's a sentence I never thought would, could be brimming with such tension and meaning. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so the thing that we've done with this is that, inst- again, instead of having it be like a colour that gets into the water and all the rest of it, they do that, but then they also go, oh, and also it merges things into other things with yeah. like lightning. And they don't really explain it other than just to have some horrible, horrific shit happen. No. And they just go, oh, yeah, so it merges all the alpacas into one big alpaca. Yeah, one mega alpaca. Mega alpaca. And then Ultra it, alpaca. Ultra alpaca. And, and it's like, okay, so what? So it's... Multi-pack. Multi-pack. It's a multi-pack. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a multi-packer. Perfect. Um, again, just purely for shock value, really. And then they yeah. then do the same thing with the with the door and the... Um, the sorry, the mum and the son. And it's like, that was never in the book. That's not really what it was about. No. It's about... No, like, they describe... Like, in the book, they describe the fact that, like, the mother witnesses something... Yeah. ...that drives her mad. And they do talk about them and like... And like they do descend into like... They become something else. And they do... Like, I feel like there is some sort of physical transformation that happens to them. I don't... And that's the thing. Like I never thought... Again, like... It's a lot of Lovecraftian stuff. So like open to inter- interpretation well, goes, in like, that way. He came to his end in a way that I cannot describe. Yeah. Like, 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 they allude to things but never actually say what happened. Yeah. Or like, like it's the thing that we talked about before where like if he was to leave that room with anything left alive in it, it would be a monstrous thing. But the th- he talks about it like the kid is no longer a kid, he's a thing. Yeah. He's become something else. So it does suggest to me that there is some kind of physical transformation. Yeah. Maybe they do turn into some sort of horrible, fucked up monsters. But, but they also ne- it's, they never it's, merge into one another. No. Like, that's not a thing. But it's also like, when you look at like the 20s, for example, Yeah, like, you know, the 1920s, like women were still being like... Yeah. Put, put away into asylums for like hysteria mm. you know because like the word hysteria derives from like hysterectomy and like this sort of stuff so it's like this yeah, this madness of a woman so, but it's like when they say about something like that they're saying that he he's not he's like devolved he's changed into something else yeah it might mean that 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 child just isn't there anymore. He's this babbling, drooling wreck. And yeah, to, at that point, to they're us. saying that somebody that's incapable of speech and movement and concentration and focus or all of these sort of tangible human mm. abilities and faculties have gone. Yeah, that's the point. I hadn't thought about the time period of because obviously this is, like I say, it, it, was, writ- it was written in the time it was written. It's set in the 1920s. Yeah. And you could be like, it's a monstrous, like the way he's talking about it. But to us, that could be a modern doctor could go in there and just go, Okay, I think this kid's got Down syndrome. Yeah, and that's it. Exactly, like it's diagnosable, it's treatable. Yeah, but that's in twenty twenty. In nineteen twenty, that is an unspeakable thing because it's lost all form of human. You can't communicate anymore. Yeah. We have to put it out of its misery. Yeah, and yeah. I hadn't thought about it like that. But that's, and it's you know, like any sort of like disability or like varied state of like human consciousness is was viewed in such scary, a strange yeah. way. It's like, oh yeah, she has. The, she has the melancholia. Is it? Oh, she's suffering from depression. Let's just drown her. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Like, put a pillar over her head. Exactly. There's nothing we can do about it. I'm like, like oh, my <laughs> wife. My wife's hysterical. She goes mad every time. That every time it happens like this. When, the, uh, when your wife's your wife's 
a normal person, you just want to get locked up so you can have an affair. And you don't want to get divorced because that would look bad. So you just do horrible gaslighting to get your wife locked away. Yeah. And like, there's just weird sort of things that happened in that time. And that's one of the things that I, about Lovecraft as well, is that he was a horrible, horrible racist Mm. for a very long time. Yeah. Like a very long time wrote some abysmal things about something, some sort of races and Mm. uh, types of people. But then as he became older, he became quite moderate in those views. Like he was still like an elitist and a bit of a wanker, Mm. but it was common of the people of that stature of that time in that place. So he did view people from certain backgrounds and heritages differently but it's the progression that from when he was this young man who was locked away and like spent so much of his time isolated that he blamed all these things on African-Americans and uh, Irish people and German people. Hated them. Hated them, hated them, hated them. But then had a lot of like really strong respect for people like of like English backgrounds. And then like I really like the English and um like latino people and like a lot of these sort of like sort of really bizarre Mm. framing or hatreds and xenophobic beliefs that he had but then as he grew older they became more moderate it's quite actually it's quite interesting it not to support it but it's quite interesting to see that change as it goes throughout the rats in the walls for example is one of his stories is very very much about immigration Mm. and is when you understand that, when you start reading the book, you're like, this is an awful person. But then you get further along and like he's become more moderate as it, as time goes on. Yeah. So it is quite difficult to pull it apart. One of the things you can celebrate is that he died penniless. Mm. Like his work was not appreciated until after he died. Mm. And he is this master of like fear mongering and these amazing stories, but he was still quite a bad person. Mm. But um, yeah, like with this... Uh, yes, <laughs> the color unlike anything. It burns. It's so beautiful. Um, but yeah, and then you get something like this, and yeah, kind of loses a lot of it, like you say, by being too surface level. Yeah. Um, but it's it's that's the, another one of those hard things to interpret, isn't it? It's such a, it's such an existential thing. How do you do that in film? In film, people want to be want to see something visual. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost the exact opposite of what I had with with the Bastard Night last last week. Cause yeah, I was like, you're not using film properly, and then in this, they're just you're using film too much. <laughs> yeah. like, I can't, I don't know what I want. I'm yeah. just like, we got to find something in the middle. Like like week. everyone on the internet, I don't know what the fuck I want. No, <laughs> nobody does. I want um, this, but not that. Not this, but not that far. I want this, but not quite that. Yeah, I want new. I want new Star Wars, not that. <laughs> <laughs> I want a new, mature Star Wars that's really looking at it, like moving on. We don't want anything that's a bit too remakey like the the other one was. So don't give us anything that's too like it used to be. Why is this so different? Boo! Don't Change like it back. We can't keep going on from rants on that. That was my fault, I know. Anyway, let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> if you're still <laughs> yeah. listening at this point, uh, we'll see you next time. Bye! <laughs>